Welcome to Convos from the Couch from Life Stance Health, where each episode you'll hear engaging and informative conversations with leading mental health professionals that will help guide you on your journey to leading a healthier, more fulfilling life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Convos from the Couch by Life Stance Health. I'm Nikki Lianza, and on this episode, I'm excited to have back our guests, Haley Lafferty and Kevin Foley, and we'll be talking about what can good therapy look like. So welcome back, Haley and Kevin. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yes, yes. So this is a follow-up to our Therapy 101 episode where we talked about what to expect from therapy. And so on this episode, we're going to go a little deeper and explore what can good therapy look like, as well as answer some other questions just about the therapeutic experience. So thank you again for coming on and having this great conversation with me. All right, let's get started. So even though you guys were on before, let's have you just tell a little bit about yourselves. So Kevin, do you mind just telling us a little bit about you? Absolutely. Um this is my second career. I started out as a teacher, um, middle and high school for 25 years. Uh, did some administration work in there as well as a principal. Um, so I'm an LPC here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, happy to be with us today. Great. Thank you, Kevin. And Haley? Yeah. Hi, y'all. I'm Haley. I'm a therapist down in Colorado Springs. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I run women's groups. I work with couples and individuals. Awesome. Very cool. So let's start our conversation from the point of this first question of you found a good therapist. So now what? So let's, let's have you take us, take the lead here, Kevin. What do we do now? You found a good therapist. So now what? Well, I think, um, you found a good therapist means you found somebody you feel comfortable with and mm-hmm. you've done you've done the search work, which is um, you found somebody that you think you you can speak with and explore your, your whatever your concerns were. And you're looking for some assistance and um, finding some peace or solution if there's a particular problem that you're working on, because there's any number of reasons for you to get into the room with somebody. Um, to improve your life. So, what's the next thing? Part of what part of what you did when you were interviewing your therapist is one of the words we used the last time we met. I think because it's a two way process. Is you learned what you were going to expect. So maybe it was you know there's going to be a certain number of sessions, and that it was going to follow some sort of an arc because of the type of uh, therapy that you were getting involved with. So that process is now going to start. Probably with some some background information getting getting taken. You know, there's the intake itself where you gave a lot of, you know, I do a lot of these. You know, I need all this information so we kind of figure out what's going on, and then we'll start to narrow things down and focus on uh, what's really um, interfering with you having your best life. Uh, so you could probably get ready for that. And one thing that uh, happens a lot in, in my rooms is, you know, you're really the one in charge. You know, um, and and there may be other types out there, but I think, you know, sometimes people go in thinking, you know, they're going to tell me 
you know, this is what I need to do. And I think there's there's so many more uh, therapeutic approaches where you're being empowered to be the one to understand and to figure out uh, that you actually have a lot of the strengths and controls in that. And, and that'll that'll come through in the room as well, where the uh, therapist will help you see patterns and see choices that have uh, developed over time or, or what's going on there. So I think, you know, as you find that, you're going to find that you're going to start to form a relationship in there. Um, and it's not just going to be, you know, okay, so now I've chosen a therapist and the very next session is going to be, okay, we're going to get right to the heart of the deepest, you know, and everything's going to get opened up and it's going to be, you know, four boxes of tissues on right. session two. Right. It's definitely the building of the relationship for sure. I agree. Mm-hmm. Haley, your thoughts. Yeah, I think something that came up for me initially was with the intake process, there the next step to that is creating a treatment plan. And so mm-hmm. ideally you want this to be a collaborative effort, not just the therapist thinking what you should work on, but together, like what are mutual goals and having these be measurable goals. So that way, whenever you're working through therapy, you can always turn back to that treatment plan and see the progress that you've made and how much farther you need to go. So I I find that to be really helpful. I know that for some clients, if they've never been in therapy before, it can be like, where do I even start? Where do I go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I I try to encourage that throughout the week, just taking a mental note of, this feels challenging for me. Work feels challenging. This relationship feels challenging. And that way, when you come to therapy, you can pull out that note and be like, okay, I remember that this is what I'm noticing as challenges. And that's a good, easy first step to build some insight and then carry that over into therapy. I like that you said that analogy that I sometimes use with my clients is, you know, I'm helping them maybe together. We're coming up with like looking at patterns that they're doing and things like that is that I'm not in the woods with them. You know, I, you know, the expression, you can't see the forest from the trees. Well, I'm not there in the forest. I'm at a different place where I can maybe take a broader view of looking at patterns that they're sharing with me and, and everything. And so I think that's a great way to even explain a therapist's role is to help kind of point out things or, you know, I hear what you're saying and reflecting back and what, you know, they might be expressing things like that. So I often use that analogy of not being in the forest, not being able to see the forest from the trees. And you have someone who can kind of help guide, like I'm looking down in the forest, like, okay, I see you've done this pattern and let's see if we can come up with a pattern to kind of work you way, your way out of the forest, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Let's jump to the next question. What can good therapy look like then? Kevin, what are your thoughts on that? I'd like to pick up on what Haley was talking about there in that in that treatment plan process where you're you're identifying goals um, and and that they're measurable. Like you can tell that you're making progress towards something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and often, you know, that'll be a freeze point for me and a lot of my clients. You know, the word goal locks them up, and you're know, just like, I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I you know, um, and, and a lot of what we'll work on is, you know, these are changeable. You know, and it doesn't define what you have to talk about in every single session. Whatever you bring in will be the topic that we have to deal with. Um, and they're, they're adjustable as you move, right? Mm-hmm. So you'll be constantly readjusting and reshaping those goals as you meet them. Yeah. You know? They're flexible. They're not progress, static. They're not, right. 
Right. You know, and that's the important part is you'll realize that you're making that progress and that builds your momentum to then identify the next thing. Because uh, oftentimes what you'll do is you'll say, I think this is what's going on. And that'll just really identify the fact that this other thing is really what's getting in the way of you making that progress. And you'll start opening that up and, and moving forward. Um, so good therapy can be um, someone who provides an environment that you feel safe enough to open up and share what your real worries are and your concerns are. Um, I think a lot of people will go through their days, you know, putting on the face of, I got this and I'm in charge of this and everything's going fine. But when you're in your holding space that we can provide, uh, they feel comfortable saying, you know, I really worry about this. Or I'm really concerned that this is going on. And that can be really normalized in a good, mm-hmm. with a good relationship. It's like, well, of course, that would be worrisome. You know, that that'd be really scary. So, what can we do that about validation. that? Validation. How can we help? Is right. a very big part of what can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it's just nice to hear that. Okay, so that's not an unusual thing to be concerned with, and uh, and just hearing that or saying that helps. Um, so, good therapy is a is an environment that feels safe, that feels validated, um, and that you can count on. Um, a lot of the work that I do is with. Uh, middle middle school or uh, sometimes they're a little bit younger than that and sometimes they uh, at that age group they don't actually have somebody who will literally just sit there and listen uh it's unfortunate um and i suppose that's true for a lot of adults uh it's, it's such a fast-paced world that we have just having somebody who will do nothing other than dedicate time to sit and listen um and that that could be really really powerful so right Right. I agree. Haley, what are yeah, you thinking? Yeah, I would to combine what you said, Kevin, and then the question that you said, Nikki. I think sometimes asking a client, like, okay, what are your goals? I've noticed the same thing, Kevin. I'm like, what? <laughs> and, yeah. and that's understandable. I, I think I would be feeling the same way as well. So sometimes what I ask is, how would you know at the end of therapy that this was successful for you, that you right. feel good? And I think going back to your question, Nikki, that's pretty relative. You know, every client is going to have something that may be different from your next client. That could be, I want to be able to make decisions. I really struggle with making decisions or I want changes in my personal relationships. And so I think good therapy can look like being on the same page as your therapist and you're both working towards that mutual goal. Your therapist is there to support and empower you. And so you want to feel like you have a teammate in that room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that sometimes there's this idea that therapy will be, we're going to be experiencing good feelings. I know mm-hmm. feelings kind of have a label with them. And so we're going to be feeling happy. We're going to feel like we're succeeding and we're changing and we're growing. and And you probably are doing all of those things, but you may also be experiencing some sadness or grief, as we talked about in the last episode. And so even if you're experiencing some of those more challenging emotions, it doesn't mean that it's not good therapy. It might mean that that's just where you're at right now. Uh, Fair Mm -hmm. point. Good point, too. Mm -hmm. Because I think 
with that putting the adjective there of good therapy, it's a it's like you said, it's a there's an assumption there of like I'm gonna be feeling good a good chunk of the time, but therapy is work. And it is working through uncomfortable emotions. And so there's going to be times where you're not feeling all warm and fuzzy. It might Mm -hmm. feel very warm and fuzzy coming from your therapist as they're validating you and you have a good therapeutic relationship. But the nuts and bolts of the therapy is working through your trauma or the difficult emotions or you fill in the blank of what you're you're trying to work on. So I think Mm -hmm. you bring up an excellent point with that, Haley. Kevin, I know you were describing some aspects of the therapeutic relationship where a person feels safe and it's validating. I want to ask you that question more specifically, you know, are there other aspects of a good therapeutic relationship? Um, I was thinking of that as, as Harry was talking, uh, there's an expression that I use when we're doing the work, I guess. And I, you know, there are parts where you're opening boxes, right. When you're getting into things and you, you know, things are unresolved maybe where you're, you're getting into something. Uh, and then you have the times where you're kind of closing those boxes and things are getting resolved, you know. So sometimes it's a little, um, I think a lot of people might find it, you know, messy, right? So when, when you're getting into those tough things and it's challenging. So I think a good therapeutic relationship has that aspect of challenge or confrontation uh, from the therapist, but it's not oppositional. It's just mm-hmm. you found somebody who you feel comfortable uh, will call you out or challenge you in, a, in the appropriate way on something. Um, but it's safe and, uh, to, to face those things with that person because you've developed a, a trustworthy relationship with that person. Um, and that's when you're opening those boxes and getting and looking at yourself in, in an honest way. Um, and that's what you're asking for in that relationship but it's not sudden and abrupt you know second session okay let's you know talk about the your scariest feeling um and then that allows you to reconcile those feelings or manage them in a much more effective way uh which is what it looks like when it's um better as you're reaching your goal if you will because it's the in my experience, it's been that word goal that is the locking point. It's like we all want things to be better. Or, you know, what does it look like when you've completed therapy? Um, so I, I think that's kind of the um, the other aspect of, you know, what does good therapy look like? It's it's um, the relationship is strong when you are, when you feel comfortable with that challenge. You don't feel like that's a um, an oppositional thing. Like this mm-hmm. is this is we are we are together in this yes, because we're, we're a on team. the on the, right. we're a team on the same page. You don't mm-hmm. feel like that's a uh, a me versus him or her situation. It's like okay, this person is an ally in my pursuit of this change, um, and that's a very different feeling. I think you know um, you you feel strengthened by that instead of. Uh, opposed by that you know so it's not what are you doing there it's like well have you ever looked at it like this and it's just Mm -hmm. like oh wow i've not done that before Mm -hmm. you might have something there as as opposed to an oppositional kind of movie or a Uh, defensive or feeling defensive that doesn't bring up the defensiveness yeah right right Haley, what are your oh oh no go ahead kevin no that's exactly what i was uh, i I appreciate the word defensive is brought up there yeah Haley, your thoughts yeah, um, I appreciate what you said again, Kevin. I think there's there's times where I will say to a client, I'll refer back to that treatment plan and I'll say, 
you know, when we originally made your treatment plan, this is one of your goals. However, in our sessions, I'm seeing this whenever I bring up this issue. It seems mm-hmm. like this subject may feel scary for you. What's going mm-hmm. on there? And that might ultimately be something that we laugh about. You know, that therapy mm-hmm. doesn't have to be super serious. And it can mm-hmm. just be like, yeah, like, I'm just not ready. Like, my week's been really busy and stressful. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't go there. And that still is progress. That's putting in a boundary in your session. And again, Mm -hmm. your therapist is your teammate. They're there to support you. Cool. Let's not talk about it today. Let's talk about something Mm -hmm. else. Let's talk about your successes. So you still are the driving force in this, but Mm -hmm. your therapist is there to hold you accountable and to talk about those goals. There we go. That's a good, that's a good word, holding you accountable, right? Mm -hmm. So let me throw out my next question here. Because for some people, as they're navigating their therapy, maybe, you know, for, we'll say maybe it's something like the first six months, maybe there's lots of insights, lots of things are being discovered and unpacked, and and it's feeling pretty good, the therapeutic relationship. But maybe after a certain amount of time, it doesn't even have to be six months, just a certain amount of time, maybe the therapy feels a little bit like it's evened out or plateaued. And then maybe no, maybe no specific new insights are coming your your way. You know, what should someone do if they feel like their therapy is plateaued? Uh, Kevin. Um, I think one thing that can be done is to acknowledge that, like to actually bring that up. I, I can I can assure any client that no therapist should feel threatened by that term. You know, just I feel like we're just kind of uh, going through motions here or, you know, I, I don't think like we've really addressed anything serious in a while. Um, a good therapist will bring that up to the client as well. It's like, you know, you haven't really touched on anything significant in a while. And how would you like to respond to that? They may mention um, changing frequency of meetings or um, drawing attention to the fact that, you know, we haven't really addressed anything serious in a while, if that's what's a cause there. Um, or or significant it might be a better word than serious. Um, because there could be any number of reasons. Maybe you've hit a lot of the goals and we don't have any more goals to address. And would we like to identify some new goals at this point? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, you know, Haley's uh, identification on the treatment plan, you'd go back and review that and you'd go through and identify your progress in each one of those. And if it looks like you've met all the goals you've identified, the following question would be, would you like to identify some new goals? And that would just cause some reflection. Mm. and say, you know, I really can't think of anything I need to work on right now. Okay, well then let's talk about how we want to either terminate or uh, maybe meet less frequently and be available for like a drop-in or something like that. And that's a cause for celebration, really. You know, the main, our main job is to put ourselves out of work with that client, mm. <laughs> right? Which is, mm-hmm. if we get to a point where you no longer need us to be there, then we've done the work. Right, um, right. But even in the course of good therapy, there are times where there will be kind of a shallowing or a plateau Mm. um, for any number of reasons, maybe because the outside world becomes so busy, we just can't attend to what we're working on. And that may go for a session or two uh, before we pick right back up. Uh, and, And because we're listening to each other on that. And okay, so if we don't address that, you know, this week, is there something else we want to pick up on or do we want to pass on to our next session? Um, 
But as you pick that up on a more extended period of time, then that becomes the focus uh, mm-hmm. of what we're doing. And that's a, that's kind of a treatment plan conversation and termination or right. pausing, so to speak. Right, right. Haley, your thoughts? Yeah, I think there's a lot of variables that can go into reaching a plateau. It could be some ambivalence on change or like mm-hmm. you said, life is busy and it's hard to focus on those goals. It could also be likely that your therapist will bring this up to you, that right. you two have plateaued. That is also something that I have done before. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm recognizing we've gone a few sessions where we're not talking about these things that you originally wanted to focus on. Is that still a problem for you or a challenge for you? And so it is likely that this could be a conversation. I think another aspect of this is terminating with a therapist, even if it means that you have reached all of your goals, can be really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, This is someone that you have been vulnerable with. You have built that relationship with. And the way that the therapist and client relationship is, that relationship is solely therapist and client. You won't be having outside communication. and so. It could be that the ther- the client is kind of holding on to that relationship. And so mm-hmm. that can be a session in itself of letting go and talking mm-hmm. about the relationship and, and terminating. And mm-hmm. so I think that is a challenge that not a lot of people talk about, but it can be very hard to let go mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Oh, I agree. I've, I've heard some clients describe... Uh, no longer seeing their therapist as, as a breakup. Like I, I feel like I needed to break up with that therapist. So it alludes almost to like a relate, well, it is a therapeutic relationship, but you know, just the complexity to that, no longer seeing that, that therapist. So, mm-hmm. so, which brings us to the, you know, a good question here of, you know, what are some reasons why therapy may not be working or that the therapist may not be working for you? I think we could put both mm-hmm. of those in there. Kevin, your thoughts on this? Um, I think that's a really great transition, fortunate for us here, because um, it is a relationship. And so, yeah. and and what we are looking for in that relationship is growth and change, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not the same person if you've grown in that relationship. And so the therapist may not be the same person for you as you make that growth. Uh, and so, you know, the connections mm-hmm. that you have made and what you needed is going to change. Um, and then that brings the challenge of breaking up with that therapist, right? It's just mm-hmm. like, you know, wow, what I needed when I met you is not what I need right now. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I would like to move on and get what I do need next. Um, the advantage is because it is a professional relationship, even though it feels so personal because of what we're sharing, um, that the professional side of that is ready for that and wants to help you find what you need and mm-hmm. help you find that, you know, I mean, it's a classic, I just want you to be happy lying. Right. right? right and if, right, this, right. if this is what it'll take. Um, and a good therapist will suggest finding somebody like that, or I think what you're doing is avoiding the work that we need to be doing here, you know, so mm-hmm. we can do both, right. We can mm-hmm. say, I will find you somebody. And I think what you're doing is avoiding the work that we were just getting into. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that could be a real thing. Um, 
it's not uncommon to go seek a therapist when you're in the midst of major crisis, right? Like, I just can't take this anymore, and I need somebody to help me through this. Right. And then right, once right. that heat dies down, you find out that, you know, this is just not somebody I really enjoy doing the day-to-day with because mm-hmm. that habit they have really gets on my nerves. Well, let's work on that. And maybe it's not a tolerable thing. Mm-hmm. And we need to move on from that. But because it's professional, we can do that in a smooth and healthy way and help you find somebody that you can, you know, uh, work better with. Because that's the most important thing is that therapeutic relationship. Because if you're going to withhold and not get the most out of it, you're not going to get your better self. And we're not going to use ourselves the best that we can. Um, so, you know, you're a different person. Uh, you're, you're, you have different needs at this point. So you want to make sure that that matchup is still as strong as it needs to be for you to continue making the progress you're looking for. I agree. Haley? Yeah, you, us three talked before in private of, you know, how important is the rapport and how important is the intervention that's being used. And I think that that really speaks to, in, in my opinion, that the rapport is needed in order for the intervention to be easily accessible for therapy. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you may not just click with that therapist. It may be that the rapport just isn't there. Mm-hmm. It could also be that the specific intervention that they're using isn't working for you. Um, and I think there's opportunity for this to be a conversation that, mm-hmm. you know, something's not working, something's not clicking. And they, that therapist could adjust. I think another mm-hmm. aspect of this too is depending on your level of insight going into therapy, new mm-hmm. things may come up for you as you gain insight. So maybe you realize there's a potential challenge with eating disorder or substance mm-hmm. use that you weren't aware of before or you mm-hmm. didn't recognize before. And that therapist may not have that specialty. And so then at that point, it may be the opportunity to refer out, mm-hmm. which still symbolizes progress. You're gaining insight and then you're advocating for yourself. Mm-hmm. So really challenging, you know, what is quote unquote good or bad. There's there's a lot of gray there. Mm-hmm. You set us up perfectly for the next question, Haley, of you know, what should you do if your therapist doesn't have a specialty in your specific issue? And and so I just in the context of of you know maybe it's uh, uncovered that maybe there's more of a struggle with the eating disorder and then maybe your your therapist doesn't have that specialty and that would be an appropriate referral but you know I I think there's something too even you know we talked before about the match with the therapist but looking at specialty and making sure it aligns with what you are needing so actually Kevin what are your thoughts on this. I, I think that too, because it's a relationship, relationships are mutual, um, it goes both ways. You know, I am in, in my sessions, if we discover something like that, I might recommend that referral from my side, which is, oh, we're getting into an area here where I can continue mm-hmm. working with you on these things. But that I think I, you would be much better served if you worked with somebody who has that certification mm-hmm. or specialty on um, whether it's uh, traumatic abuse in this area or um, you know, certification and eating disorders or something like that. And right there with Haley, you know, if you realize that, you know, this is something that's really a major portion of why you're in the room, the question might be, do you think I need somebody who specializes in this or can we continue meeting? 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's a valid question. You're not insulting that professional at all. But that person should be able to give you an honest answer. If we've done all the legwork that we've talked about, um, right. where you feel like you've made a good connection and you've done, you found somebody who is properly uh, trained to, to start your relationship, um, they won't say, oh, no, we're fine. I could do anything. Uh, you know, I'm certified in everything. Well, mm. you know, so right. that person should be able to respond to you and let you know of their limitations. And then you can make an informed decision about how far forward you want to go with this because you've invested quite a bit at this point, haven't you? You've made this relationship. They have all that information about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're now an expert in you, but maybe not in how to respond to that very specific thing that's now you've discovered is an important part of what you're working on. Um, and I've got a number of clients that, that have that that may see more than one therapist and they work on the very specific part of what they're doing with somebody who's trained very specifically in that area. And then the more general, maybe peripheral now things of just general anxiety with me, and then they're very specific things. And we can coordinate care on that, um, which is kind of nice um, in some. That's that's very that's, kind of, that's not a large part of the population I work with, but it can be done. Um, so advocating for yourself is one of the major things that we work on with just about every client. It's mm-hmm. just empowering for you know, how to speak up for yourself. Right. right. Yeah. Haley, anything you want to not add? Yeah, Kevin, I feel like you covered a lot of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, but I do think that there is a point there of just because maybe something were to come up like a specialty that that therapist isn't aware of or doesn't have the expertise on doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to be referred out. So let's say, for example, there's a co-occurring depressive symptoms with substance use. We could be working on those depressive symptoms, even though substance use isn't my specialty, it can roll over into that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. it, it kind of just depends on where the client is at and what they're needing at that time. Mm-hmm. And it could mean that maybe you do have two separate therapists. EMDR is a very specific intervention. So I've seen both of you need talk therapy and you're doing EMDR at the same time, which then, if with your permission, the two therapists can collaborate. Yeah. And so now you yeah. have a team of right. with you. So there's some really great opportunity for resources and just being mindful that it can look different based on yeah. each client. Mm-hmm. I think you bring up a good point, Haley, that I think people assume you can't have two therapists. Well, you can if if it's very specific in what the two therapists are working on. If you have trauma and you're seeing an EMDR specialist for that trauma. So that's maybe one therapist. And then maybe you have your therapist for the other things you're navigating as well. And so, and the two mm-hmm. therapists can collaborate too. So mm-hmm. it's just being very distinct in what each therapist is uh, working on with mm-hmm. the client. So lots of good conversations here. As we wind down, any other takeaways you guys would like to share? Any other thoughts and just any of the questions we've we've talked about so far? Kevin, um, there are two things that we were just uh, yeah. picking up on there, and uh, I appreciate what Haley was saying on you know what gets shared between people who are working together. I'm a real stickler on what we call the ROIs, right? The release of information, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, you have a lot of control over what people can share. And I think, you know, I always encourage my clients to be very careful about that. You know, they're like, oh, I don't care. I want everybody to, you know, share freely. I was just like, I, I like to tighten those up and say, just these things, please. And then we can always expand on that later. Um, and I, I, I find that as another opportunity for my clients to be empowered in managing, you know, their thing. Um, and, and then the other thing that we were just talking about is, you know, just because there is a specialty does not mean you require a specialist. Mm. So if you feel like you're Fair dealing point. with anxiety, doesn't mean you have to search for an anxiety specialist to start your mm. issue. Mm. Um, there are a lot of very qualified and excellent um, therapists out there that may appear to be a generalist, if you will. Uh, because it's that rapport and that therapeutic relationship that has to be present for anything else to work. Mm. Um, and, and I just really, I, I think we feel very strongly about that. I know the three of us in our just conversations with each other uh, and just about anybody else I've ever talked to in the business. Uh, and the, the research absolutely backs that up. It's just what has been present, everything that's been uh, effective therapy, that has been present in a good therapeutic relationship and that means there's a positive regard that you feel safe and validated uh, and then it's whatever type of therapy there is yeah. it's not whatever the latest buzzword is or whatever the coolest right. thing is it's just if you are found somebody who's validating you and makes you feel um, heard comfortable safe then that mm. is really what has to be there. so I just appreciate the opportunity for us to be able to share this with people. Yeah, for sure. Haley, any takeaways for you or anything else you'd like to speak of in our previous questions? I I agree. I think that as of recently, sometimes there's this really high expectation that new clients should know all the intervention. What do you need? What What's your diagnosis? And I just don't know if that's necessarily realistic. And I think it can make the process really anxiety inducing, especially when you're mm -hmm. scrolling through therapist profiles and you're looking at the interventions and the expertise. And I think, Kevin, you bring up a good point. Find someone that you feel safe with. And that person will give you psychoeducation on maybe symptoms or diagnosis or interventions that could work best for you. And that good therapist will also be willing to refer you out. So it mm -hmm. takes some of this weight off of the client of this is already a very vulnerable experience of reaching out to someone and getting help. And it should be something that is exciting and should be celebrated. And so finding someone that you feel safe with and having that teammate so that you don't have to carry this all on your own of finding something that's right for you. Someone can help you find that. Mm -hmm. I, oh my gosh, you summed it up perfectly there, Haley. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you both for being on and, and helping us navigate, you know, what can the good therapy look like? I think that emphasis on a safe and validating relationship and, and like Haley summed it up so perfectly of, you know, even looking at a therapist who will also refer if, if need be too. So, so thank you again. I love to have you guys back on for further discussion. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd also would like to thank the team behind the Commerce from the Couch podcast, Jason Clayton, Chris Kelman, and Juliana Whedon. Take care, everyone. Mm -hmm.